Hi, and welcome along to Early Excellence's Head to Head podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm Sarah Carey, School Improvement Lead here at Early Excellence, and in these podcasts, I'll be connecting with real head teachers and school leaders. We'll be discussing hot topics in primary and early years education and sharing some real experiences. So keep listening to hear more about school inspections and impactful school improvement strategies. Hi there and welcome to December's Head to Head podcast. It's, can you believe it's been a year since we've been having these, which is really exciting. I hope everyone's well. I feel sure that plenty of you will be having lots of festive fun at the moment. But of course, as is often the case with schools and settings, there's still plenty to be thinking about and working on because, of course, we know it never really stops, does it? So you might be reflecting on the term so far and how that's been for your children and for your staff. Or you might be looking ahead to January and thinking about what next. So today I'm pleased to be joined by my colleague Phil and we'll be having conversations around just that, actually celebrating and reflecting on our experiences over the autumn term and what we're hearing from schools and the things that we've been exploring together, as well as Phil giving us insights and and thinking about what might be coming next in the second half of this school year. So hi Phil, how are you? I'm very well, good afternoon. Hi from a a very chilly but sunny Reading at the moment. I think we're going to get frost, aren't we tonight? It's the first proper frost. Absolutely, it is. It's very sunny here as well. But yes, I think the temperature will be dipping. Um, So Phil and I have come together today just to really reflect on what has been a very busy and long autumn term. Um, Busy for us here at Early Excellence, but also for the schools that we're working with, and I'm sure for many of you in the audience. Um, And Phil and I were together earlier this week doing our senior leader briefing. Um, And obviously with Phil in in his role as senior education lead, always has lots to share and has his finger on the pulse. So it's always good to tap in and hear your reflections. But I think before we dig into all of that, I just want to say, how's your, how's your whole term been, Phil? What have you been out it's, about it's, doing? Yeah, it's been incredibly busy. I mean, it started in quite a unique way. Um, I'm really lucky that part of my role includes quite a lot of travel, including international travel. And um, so I began the term actually in Peru, uh, working in a school in Lima, which was absolutely inspirational. I was very lucky. I'd been working with them in February and they invited me back uh, in September. When I was there in February, the children weren't there because of the way their school holidays work. So we did lots of work around the early years foundation stage and developing provision. And they uh, it's an infant kind of school, I suppose. So we've got nursery going through to what we kind of year two. Um, and they're using continuous provision right the way through. Uh, really inspiring. All the staff are kind of, most of the staff actually are local. All the children are local, but they're immersed in English all the time as part of it. Really, really engaging. Uh, and for me, going back and seeing the place in action was really absolutely fantastic. Uh, and how these children were incredibly independent, really engaged, but also working with the team and how they'd had that period of time to reflect on the way they were working. We did lots of work of thinking about curriculum and how to connect the curriculum with the provision. Uh, and we had a really interesting, lots and lots of meetings with different people. Um, I was incredibly well looked after. Uh, they've got a wonderful administration lady who made sure I was fed really, really well every single day. But the actual environment for me was really inspiring. Almost the classrooms are half sort of indoor, half outdoors, 
lots of shared sort of spaces um, and they have a continued passion to learn, which is it's really inspirational. So uh, that was a really great kind of start. And from then on, it was kind of more and more popping here, there and everywhere. Um, wonderful to be in spending some time back on Jersey as well. In fact, I was back there the other day working with some schools and seeing some really inspirational practice. Um, some of the multicalium trusts that we work with. So a lot of time in Kent, which has been a new discovery for me over the last kind of year. Uh, and then some schools kind of closer to home as well, which has been great. Um, but yet this morning, actually, I probably worked with the most international group that I work with, which is COBIS, which are British international schools across the world. So we had people joining us from Turkey, from Jakarta in Indonesia, all over the place. We had about 40 people online doing a new to early years course this morning. And it was the second day we were working together. And what's lovely is we stand, stay on a little bit at the end to have a chat and kind of catch up and how things are going. Um, so I'm really lucky that I get to meet such inspiring people. So yeah, it's been really, really great. So much stuff been going on. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I Obviously, I'm not doing the international work. I think I've, I've looked out on that a little bit. You, you're busy doing that. And I know our colleague Luella was out in the Bahamas at the start of the school year as well. Um, I don't travel that far afield. But yes, sim similar to you in terms of really busy. Um, although, as you know, I'm based in the Midlands, I still seem to do quite a lot of work all over. So lots of work um, up north, continuing to work with multi-academy trusts, which is really great to be working with um, head I'm working with heads of trusts, uh, heads across the trust, um, really supporting them to really begin to understand their early years and be looking at what's working well and, and really help them to hone their skills in understanding what early years looks like and actually why it looks different to uh, you know children as they progress through the school. So that's always really interesting um, and really enjoy that. But a lot of my work this year so far has been on the out on the road doing the Early Excellence Roadshow, which has been a really great opportunity. So, so good to have our interactive environment back out on the road. It's so powerful to just be immersed in it and for actually people to come throughout the day and visit that and actually be in it, touch things, see things, feel things, sit and sit and be in it at the height of a child and look at it through the, the lens of being a child has been so, so very powerful. Um, and actually, it took me right back to before I joined Early Excellence um, when I was head in my school. Early Excellence actually came and did a roadshow at my school. And I remember the environment coming and, and my team, obviously, we'd done a lot around early years and continuous provision and explored things into key stage one um, but actually when the environment came it was the the bit that just brought everything together and all the team kind of said oh it absolutely makes sense now we understand it and so it's been really nice to be on that end of it a good few years ago and now actually being part of it and seeing those moments with teams and we've had We've certainly had lots of schools who have sent teams that have stayed through the day and, and we've been able to have some really good conversations and they've been able to have some really positive conversations about what's working well, which I think is always important. That's something that I talk a lot about when I'm in school doing the reviews and such like, not just what next, but actually what's working well. What can we celebrate? What can we recognise that, you know, all our hard work's paying off and this is working for our children? So um, I'm really enjoying it out on the road. And I've got one more to do before the end of term, which is way, way, way up north. And then, uh, yes, in the new in the new year, 2024, I'll be back out doing more of that, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, but also, I think as part of that, we're engaging more and more with heads and school leaders. So I'm having quite a few online 
consultancy calls, really unpicking strategic development or what next really is in key stage one. So that's working well. So again, that doesn't keep me just to the Midlands. That keeps me to just keep me to the UK for the most part, but actually talking to heads all over the place, that's really good. Um, and then I think one of the meatier things that I've quite enjoyed is supporting schools with their curriculum development, um, actually where schools are in their curriculum development journey and really, really looking at that kind of review part of it. So it's been put in place, it's got the sequence, it's been thought through, it's being implemented and it's that review and fine tuning um, and really having some really interesting discussions around that and how it's working for the children and actually is what's there is it actually happening in practice which bits are working well which bits actually might need a bit of fine tuning um how are the children responding to it um so all of those sorts of things so yeah some lots of really good conversations and i think as well for yourself for me and for our colleague nikki as well we we do lots of things together we have at least a monthly strategic day don't we where we at least have to have some nice coffees, potty coffees, and then be thinking about where next for what schools might need, what they're wanting or what's coming out. And I think we find that quite exciting, I think, don't we? Having those Absolutely. Those catch-ups are so important. And I, I, like yourself, do the kind of the roadshow days. And, and when you have people stay all day, it's particularly powerful, isn't it? And what has really struck me is the number of school leaders who've been attending those sessions that may not have done previously. Um, and the questions that people are asking and that kind of real thought provoking kind of time and reflection time that we don't often have that kind of luxury, isn't it? And again, those conversations about curriculum are continue to come up, don't they? And but I'd, like you, I guess we've seen some amazing curriculum development that some schools have been doing and how it's really, I suppose, united a school team. And people really talking across phase, really thinking about that whole kind of, you know, I love that river of learning. It's kind of those analogies constantly. We don't want ponds, we want rivers. And it's um, thinking about that idea of what's it like for this child on that journey, rather than thinking about things in isolation. And for me, that's been really, really interesting. And when people make their curriculum very unique to their children. Yes, we have our statutory kind of documentation, but we also have a great opportunity to reflect our local community, think about what it is our children really need. And some of the practice I've seen that's been really inspiring around curriculum is that kind of flexibility, where it's like, this may be what it's saying in front of me in terms of what our planning might be, or maybe a scheme might be following, but actually people are lifting their heads up and looking at the children in front of them and saying, do you know what, I need to do something a bit different. Uh, and we're seeing people doing some amazing practice and really drawing on some of the research, talking to colleagues, talking to other schools and going, what could we try that might work that we haven't tried before? Uh, and for me, that's always particularly inspiring. Yeah, really exciting, really exciting. So I guess really uh, it, that kind of leads us into talking about what 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 else are we finding from schools that they're interested in or wanting to explore because that would be good to share today because actually that might resonate with some of our listeners in terms of yep that's what we're doing as well so so what are you finding around that apart from curriculum which you've already touched on what else yeah, is yeah. i mean the other common thing that people are asking about is year one and that comes up repeatedly and i think more so since the pandemic uh, there's been lots of schools who pre-pandemic took that leap and started working a different way, like uh, James's team at Penryn that we know we have the podcast for that Andy did with him. But I think we've seen more of it. And I've seen some really inspiring practice. And it's been so inspiring where people have taken the time to reflect on the why they're doing it. You know, they've really done their reading, research, really thought about, is this right for our children? 
They've looked at examples. They've thought about how uh, changing the way they work in, say, terms of using continuous provision, how it connects in with their curriculum. So it doesn't just become sort of golden time every afternoon. You know, they're really thinking about the learning behind it. And lots of schools are asking that question. The anxiety often is sort of outcome related and things like, will they have the stamina to do the longer writing tasks and so on? But what's really struck me in the schools that have started this journey is some of the things they notice happen quite quickly. So, for example, some schools I was working with down in Sussex, they noticed how their children were writing so much more beyond the normal literacy lesson. They were suddenly getting really engaged in it. Um, and then it was thinking, what can we do next? How can we make embed the learning? People asking about things like inquiry-based learning. I know we had Kath Murdoch uh, back in the summer, I think it was, doing that seminar for us. All these kind of things people are asking a lot more about and, and not thinking about and really kind of smoothing that transition process over. Um, I was talking to a school in Devon where they they have lots of opportunities for the reception teacher to go and visit the children in year one. So they get to see what that practice and how those children are, and then to think, ah, oh, could I have done this? But also to talk to the year one teacher and say, well, do you know what? They could do that before. Uh, and I think the more we do that, it's really important, isn't it? Because some of the things that are coming through from the wider subject reviews for the Ofsted published are that there isn't always a sense of understanding what went before and what goes next. So the more we have people moving around. So definitely year one is still such a big thing. But really excitingly, I think there are more and more people that are looking at how to take things that little bit further through the school. And that is really, really exciting. It's not easy. We never pretend it's easy. But those teachers who love it, absolutely love it. And you get some brilliant outcomes. But it's that careful thought process at the beginning that makes the difference. Um, I always worry if someone says we're going to do it tomorrow or we're going to do it next week. It's like you know, we need to plan these things out and get everybody on board, particularly support staff who may never have worked using a child uh, early childhood pedagogy approach before. And suddenly we're asking them to go and work in the environment. And that's often what I get asked to do when we're looking at year one, uh, particularly it's work with the wider support staff so that they understand how those resources are connected to what we want the children to learn, children's interests, all those sorts of things, so their interactions can be really powerful. Uh, and without a doubt, the area of support that everyone continues to ask for is interactions and how to support that adult role, strengthening language communication, and then joining it with like, what is it we really want our children to learn and what would they really like to learn as well and kind of bringing that all together. But it's interactions that we need to continue to kind of focus on continually, uh, continually, continually uh, on those interactions. That's what absolutely makes a difference. So, yeah, those are the big things. Oh, outdoors is the one, but I'll, I'll let you carry on. Sorry, I can go on all day about outdoors. I was just, just going to say, actually, in terms of adult interactions, that's absolutely something that, again, I, I hear a lot about. And I know the wider team have conversations around. And I think um, anybody who's kind of been with, been with me of late, I talk a huge amount about the value of actually professional conversations and not, not, not underestimating the power of talking about learning and talking about the children in some informal ways, actually. It's just if you can just grab five minutes to talk about our child or our learning opportunity or an area of provision, because, of course, um, they help to upskill and help to strengthen staff understanding of what they're seeing and what they might be doing. It helps them to kind of put more tools in their toolkit, as it were, in terms of knowing what they might be able to do with those children, what that child might be interested in, or, for example, what they might be able to do in an area of provision to facilitate 
further play to deepen play to move learning on um but of course one of the one of the challenges very much particularly with support staff that of course they may have other commitments in the school they might be running a breakfast club or they might be having to go straight off at lunch or they may not be able to stay after school because they're going to another a role within school um so it's really i i have a lot of conversations with with early years leads particularly around how how to maybe look at supporting adults um, outside of the one staff meeting that they perhaps have every so often, actually having other other ways in. So really looking at learning and talking about learning and and considering it. Actually, let's just talk about this learning opportunity. Why this? Why now? Why we put this out? What we're hoping they're going to do with it? All right. Because actually you would have hoped that that's been picked up off the planning, but having a two-minute conversation around that, but regularly becomes more of a normal learning conversation so so i'm doing lots of those and i'm sure like you doing a lot of signposting to the eef um videos um of course we we've been using the language the communication and language ones for a little while and and signposting them people to those and the pse but of course recently they've released the uh, threads for early literacy and early mathematics as well haven't they so uh, certainly signposting those yeah definitely and there's more to come definitely more to come uh, and i think Although they're obviously they were aimed predominantly at the PPI sector and childminder sector as well, but I think they're really valuable for anyone working in early years uh, and strengthening our understanding of what do we do when we're interacting um, and having those conversations, as you say, or tapping into things like the podcasts. You know, there's podcasts we've done on on doe play and things like that, and people could be listening to that. You know, while you're driving home, it's that that kind of looking for those opportunities and it is difficult really hard isn't it because of hours that people are contracted and i think that's why we do need to keep going back to what is it we want our children to learn and ensuring that the adults working with them are really clear about that uh, but also knowing that sometimes what we may have expected them to learn may be very different to the reality of what we're working with children that joy of unpredictability and some schools have been really thinking carefully about how to communicate with their adult teams ways to share the learning so using careful signage within the environment for adults as prompts and um, i've even seen like whiteboards stuck up where adults have been writing on that's our adult focus for now not limiting what's happening in the area but at least helping the adults know ah this is what i could be doing particularly if it's an adult that has to keep moving around provision which can be really really hard um, or if you've got shared provision outside perhaps it's like what is it why do we have the water area why do you have the block area so instead of having a long list, I used to see lots of long lists of learning. I think no one can ever read that. You know, you're busy kind of in the moment. But if there's a quick prompt up there that, ah, we've been working on building structures, whatever it may be, that is going to support those adults there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, is there anything kind of in your, as I say, you do lots of research because, because of course, you're, you're busy doing university things as well, aren't you? Outside of work for early excellence, you're busy doing research, aren't you? Do you want to just share a little bit about that before I kind of say, wh- what else do you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really fortunate. I'm doing um, an educational doctorate at the moment at Reading University. So for me, it's kind of going full circle because it's where I did my, my teacher training. And um I'm particularly interested in kind of leadership and its relationship with early years. It's a fascinating group of people that I'm with who are working in education in so many different ways. So working in education in industry, in health, in higher level education. Um, So a a small group, but we've got to know each other really well over these first two years of the programme. And we've been focusing on developing our kind of research related skills, 
but also kind of layering up our own learning and trying out different approaches that we'll ultimately use for our, our bigger thesis that we start hopefully next year. Um, and I'm particularly interested in leadership journeys and how do people get to those positions and maybe what the barriers may be, but also what opportunities we can learn from them. And also how we develop our knowledge and expertise. Always fascinating. So I'm always interested in CPD. And so I'm looking at, in theory, looking at school leaders who started on the, as an early years leader and then became perhaps a primary school leader and how that developed. But also looking at primary school head teachers who perhaps didn't have a secure early years knowledge, but have suddenly embraced it and are absolutely in love with the early years. And what is it we can do to ultimately support them in their role as well? So it, it's really exciting. Um, I get to go to the university library, which is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I, knew, um, I knew you'd mention that. You talked yeah, to us all the library. about the library. It's time. so funny when you see books from people that you know in the library. It's very, very exciting. I saw Julie Fisher's book there the other day, and I was like, oh, this is like very real. Um, and it's one of those wonderful libraries that the lights only go on when you're walking through the corridor. I have to say, most of the time, I'm the oldest person in the library, without a doubt. Um, and it's, it's it's really really interesting. And I've said the tutors really inspiring, and we're all everybody in the course is working full time. So you, that was one of the conditions, and you have to be working in some education related uh, role. Um, so yeah, it's really, really, really exciting. Um, I can't say writing an essay is always a joy. Completing assignments is always a joy. But I love the reading that comes alongside it uh, and being able to access some of the more recent research and some wonderful stuff. Um, I think we should never be frightened of research. We should always question it and we should always challenge it. But if we think about without, say, medicine, for example, without research, we wouldn't be healthy. We wouldn't be well. These things are really helped us. I think in education, we've often been a bit nervous of it. And particularly some of the fashions and fads that have come and gone and said, this is the perfect way to solve all our education problems. So that's why I always show that young man with his magnifying glass whenever we're doing kind of briefings, like we must handle with care and think about the children we're working with, but also remain open-minded. And I love to read. So actually it's, it's fantastic. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, um, yeah, it's been two years has gone incredibly quickly. Um, so, and actually now in theory, the group of us, we don't see each other formally again now till the end of the, the process, which is uh, hopefully about three years time. Um, but we've made arrangements that we're actually going to catch up and meet with each other. So, um, yeah, that's how things are. Super. So you are extremely busy. So, of course, you're doing all of that research and exciting finding out for yourself. But obviously, in terms of working for Early Excellence, in addition to all of that international work that you've talked about, school improvement work, doing webinars and consulting and bespoke things, you, you do, of course, take a lead role in looking at where next for us and kind of making sure our finger is on the pulse in terms of school development, news coming out, things that are going to be coming up that we need to be sharing and making people aware of. So, so seamlessly, it feels that we should just, I should throw <laughs> over to you. Come on then, t tell us what, what are the big messages from this term or they're actually the heads up ready for, for the yeah, 2024, think, January onwards? I think it can feel quite overwhelming for everybody because there's so much that's being published. And obviously we had the recent uh, kind of report into how effective the new EYFS had been. And some interesting messages came out from that about how people had really used it as opportunities to change the way that they work particularly in relationship to assessment. I think we're still finding our way through that and what we should gather, what we shouldn't gather, what's useful evidence, what's not useful evidence. 
And it's still a little bit, I think, of a tricky area for people. But it's one that we I really enjoy supporting people with. And again, it goes back to the what's going to be useful for you. And people have also started being thinking more broadly about, well, if we value something, we should be checking that we're teaching it and checking that actually we're assessing it. So things have been people have been revisiting things like the characteristics. Maybe they do need a bit of a refresh, but I continue to shout about them. Uh, things like wellbeing involvement, people are still looking at again. So all those things that went a bit quiet are coming back through. One of the things that was interesting with the conversation we had with Phil Mins from Ofsted about their latest prime areas, um, we started talking a lot about physical development. And I've always felt that the physical development strand of the, the UFS is a bit of a Cinderella kind of phase within it. Um, of the prime areas, it's probably the one that we've given least attention to. And partly that's because of our own knowledge. Uh, and I was thinking about my own experiences uh, doing the BA Ed a number of years ago. The amount we actually did on young children's physical development, I think, was quite limited. Um, and also we have often in schools, our reception children, for example, may go and do PE with somebody else that isn't their class teacher. Um, the other kind of bit of the conversation was that perhaps there's been a very big emphasis on fine motor, less of a focus on gross motor. So I would anticipate we're going to start to see more kind of support around that. And I would urge anybody to have a listen with the podcast we did with Hate of You uh, with their PE lead and the early years lead about that whole school strategy around PE. I think they'd find that really interesting. So building our own knowledge, I think, will continue. Communication language still will dominate. There's no doubt about it. I think the other thing people hopefully are going to start seeing come through is more guidance and advice around SEND and more complex additional needs. It's certainly, I'm sure you feel the same when you're in schools, it's one of the things that's talked about a lot, how we can support those children and the challenge because there isn't always necessarily the external services to support. So I suspect there'll be a review there. We know that we're anticipating a change with Ofsted. We're going to have the new uh, Chief Inspector, Amanda Spielman, just published her final annual report lots about it, I'm sure people have been reading, and we're going to enter a new era. And I think entering a new era with the new chief inspector, we also need to acknowledge it's a time when there's a lot of scrutiny. There's still a parliamentary review that's been taking place. There's obviously been other reports published. So I think we could see something very different. I haven't got a crystal ball, I don't know. But I suppose part of our role is supporting people with the here and now, but also thinking about what's going to come kind of next. And that's really difficult, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, that kind of work around physical development, I think, definitely is going to be coming through. Thinking about transition, definitely coming through. We also know there's going to be an Ofsted publication looking at the relationship between year one and reception. And what they're going to do is pull the evidence from the subject reviews uh, and pull that together to make a more kind of cohesive document. Because at the moment, I think it is probably quite tricky to find reception clearly referenced in those subject reviews. It was one of the things that I raised with Offset about why weren't they included in the Nord to Fours. Um, but I can see that sort of happening. And possibly maybe that expansion of childcare provision within schools. Maybe that's something we're going to see as well. But again, it's good. Where's the crystal ball? You know, finger in the air. <laughs> what we're going to see? What's actually going to happen here? I think it's really, really difficult. I think the other issue is ongoing is going to be around staffing and recruitment and finding really high quality people. That's going to be a big issue, I think, for everybody. But it's then it's that retention and how do we support those members of staff to make sure that they are as expert as possible, the children that we are working with, um, given the numbers of children that we know need really high quality support. 
Um, we have, of course, the new version of the UIFS that's going to come out in January, uh, which has got the latest changes going in. Um, and then we know there'll probably be another one back in the summer with the ones that the changes they said were going to come out later. Keeping up with all that stuff is really, really difficult. That's why we try and always share the news. So, But the changes aren't so much to do with curriculum and the early learning goals and so on. They're mainly about the statutory requirements. The bit I think is going to be interesting is the bit about EAL and seeing how people work with that, particularly some of the schools we work with, which have many, many languages being used in their schools and having no longer a requirement to try and use some of the child's language. What will happen next? I think will be really, really interesting. So lots of stuff going on. Um, yeah, is that helpful? <laughs> I, don't know, just, no, I, I feel like that's... my head spinning sometimes. You don't <laughs> quite know how many things are, are coming out all the time. No, I think absolutely it's helpful. And you're quite right. We can only we can only talk about the here and now in terms of what we know, but we are getting indications, as you say, of, of things that are going to be changing from January onwards. So you, you're quite right that that statutory framework will be changing for the EYFS. But I think it's really important to say, as far as we are aware at this moment in time, it won't affect the programmes of study and the curriculum. And I think that's the bit that people kind of think, oh, I've done all my curriculum am I going to have to redo and refine and actually no not because of changes of course you may well still be reviewing and evaluating your curriculum but actually the EYFS statutory framework it's it's more about those other requirements isn't it around ratios and such like and they'll be splitting the handbook one for childminders and then one for the early years providers so yeah absolutely and I know from um, when you were talking with Phil Mins from Ofsted he alluded to or indicated that the, the third part of their research is likely to be out in theory um by the end of this autumn term december time is what he intimated and similarly i think for that um review document that you were just saying about eyfs into key stage one um again into year one i think that's due kind of a similar time i think so eyes peeled for those yeah, sorts are, of yeah. things um which Definitely. will be, be helpful i suspect the specific areas one could cause quite big debate but we will see when that comes out when the primaries one came out, there wasn't a great deal of kind of controversy. I think it was the primary message was that we need to focus on the primaries and we need to get them right. And what's been interesting, I think, talking to some schools is they've realised just how important that was when they're now looking at their year threes and year fours. And they realise some of those children who didn't really have that full reception experience, those primaries weren't really secure. So they're struggling with social emotional behaviour in year three and year four that may previously have been addressed earlier. And it's always that danger, isn't it, of racing too quick and papering over cracks. And well, that's, you know, it's called the foundation stage because we need that foundation. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's in those documents when they come it- it absolutely is. And I'm sure, as you say, we, we do our best to kind of keep keep people abreast of that information. So as and when it lands, there'll be things I'm sure are going out on our LinkedIn and on our Twitter and, and possi- possibly some useful quick quick link documentation from us so that people can be getting the most up-to-date information. So so yes, it's there's lot, lots ahead, but that is, that is the case, isn't it? When you work in the educational arena, it has always very much been that case and almost always, I suppose, will be in some respects. But I think it's always important as we as we're coming to ends of terms, particularly this one being the the longest of all, really, with the very dark days happening right now and those sorts of things and the colder weather coming. I think it's always really important to, as we started the session, really actually saying what's gone well this term, what are we really proud of? Um, I think it's really important to kind of do the, do the shout outs for schools and settings and for our staff teams and things so that we can celebrate what's going well um, whilst we're continuing on that journey of development. So, 
So, yeah, no, it's been great to chat with you this afternoon. Really yes. interesting to hear your experiences over the last term. A lot, really interesting to hear about what you're doing at university and, of course, just your thoughts for the, for the future. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure we'll probably get back together in the spring term and have, a, have another conversation about what did we say and has it happened or what else has happened since and who knows. But, uh, we should put things in an envelope and have them kind of sealed up and let's see if it actually comes true or not and uh, what our predictions are going to be. Absolutely. But I hope for, for today's uh, podcast, I hope that listeners have just found it useful to just pause and, and think about potentially those things that are up and coming. You might We might have shared some things that maybe people have thought, oh, we haven't looked at those EEF videos yet, or actually I want to go back and have a have another read of that research report or um, explore some things with my leadership team. So, so hopefully it's just given a bit of time to pause and think about those things. So yeah, I will say to you, I shall see you in life soon. I put the Yes, we will. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. It's um, because people probably aren't aware that we really often don't see each other, do we? And as a team, because we're all over the place. And, you know, I live in Reading, Sarah lives in the Midlands, and we're kind of all over where we actually live. But we do, as a whole company, get together uh, every now and again. And Christmas is one of those occasions. So, um, yes, it'd be wonderful to see everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm sure you'll join me in wishing, wishing all of our li- listeners a really good end of the term and a restful holiday when it arrives. So uh, thanks for joining me this afternoon, Phil, and I hope everybody listening has a good rest of the term. Take care, everyone. Happy Christmas, everyone. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope you found it a valuable listen and that you've taken some things away to reflect on or maybe things that you want to discuss with your colleagues. Of course, remember, if you want to talk about any of the issues that we've explored today or you need support with other matters in your school, then do feel free to drop me an email, sarah at earlyexcellence.com or why not get connected with me on LinkedIn or Twitter? Anyway, take care and join me next time for some more genuine head-to-head conversation.